Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. Well, I'm excited to have you here today. My name is Mark. My wife, Rochelle, and I have the privilege of calling Oceans home, my favorite church to be at. If I wasn't a pastor and I uh, wasn't um, leading this church, I would attend it. Amen. Some cool people here. Come on, this is a good place to be. If you're married, it's a good place to raise a family. If you're single, it's a good place to meet somebody. Hey. Come on, if you're single, raise your hand real quick. No, don't do that. Look around. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Solving some problems today. The Lord answered my prayer. He heard my cry. Lord is my shepherd. He know what I want. I'm excited for today. I, uh. I'm excited for today. It's going to be a good day. There's a lot of people here today, huh? God's building the church. Word's getting out. Well, hey, I'm excited you're here. Uh, about us a little bit today, you're like, why are we here? Um, if you're brand new, maybe you don't believe in God. You're skeptical of the whole Christianity thing. You think that churches are all corrupt and Christians are all crazy. I just want to say welcome. <laughs> we know you're here. We're glad you're here. And uh, I believe that God loves you, and he brought you here today on purpose. We like to say that we're a church for people that normally don't like church. Like, church is normally boring. Well, there's boring churches. This isn't one of them. Well, there's judgmental churches. There's a lot of them, but you're not in one of them. Well, there's churches you learn stuff that don't apply to everyday life. There's a lot of them, but that's not one of them. We're not one of those churches. We want to be a church that uh, people that normally don't like church enjoy coming to. And uh, even if I wasn't a believer, I would still come to Ocean's Church. You get good news. Good news is rare these days. I remember, it reminds me of one of our college students uh, a year ago, two years ago. She was a uh, waitress at a, at a restaurant, and she would always give people, like, touch cards in the early days of our church. Hey, come to our church. Come to our church. And um, someone got it, and he's like, no, I'm an atheist. Um, she, she's like, no, you love my church. He's like, no, no, you don't understand. I'm an atheist. She's like, no, you don't understand. You would love our church. He's like, no, no, I don't believe in God. She goes, no, no, I I get that. You would love it still. So he ended up coming. Gave his life to Jesus. So, yeah. Church for people that normally don't like to believe or go to church. Maybe you don't own any Christian clothing. Maybe you don't have a Carmen CD or maybe you don't know who DC Talk is. Um... We're still glad you're here today. Um, if you're brand new to our church, every week we, we go to God's word. We believe that it's alive and powerful. And I go on the record to say we don't believe. Some, some people preach the Bible as a history book and they get history out of it. And some people preach the Bible as, a, uh, as a, kind of a moral book and they get morality out of it. Other people read the Bible as kind of a heavenly piece of literature, eschatology, and they get eschatology out of it. But I believe that when we read the Bible as a book that God still does today what he did then. We get that out of it. My friend preaches, he says, the the Jesus that we preach is the Jesus that we get. And you preach a Jesus that's big enough to get you to heaven, he'll get you to heaven. But if you believe that God is big enough to get heaven inside of you, he will invade your soul. Do you believe it today? Come on, give him a good hand clap if you believe it. So I'm excited that you're here. I want to talk today, be very upright, uh, honest out of the gate today. My intention is to speak for about 30 minutes, 25 minutes. At the end of that, someone's like, that's a lie. I'm going to try my best. 
at the end of that, I want to uh, create a space that we can actually invite the Holy Spirit, which is the part of the Trinity, I'm not talking about the Matrix right now, that lives on the earth today. Are you guys ready? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, when Jesus ascended, he led captivity captive, the Torah was rent, he ascended on high, and it says that in Pentecost, the Spirit of Jesus came into the earth, filled the early church 2,000 years ago, and the Spirit of Jesus has been in the church ever since. And so today, when you're like, I feel good vibes in here, you can call it good vibes, but let me tell you what it is, it is the Spirit of God. There's a good aura in here. That's fine. You can call it what you like, but that's the spirit of God. There's a, there's a positive energy in here. That's called the spirit of God, right? So you might not have language for it yet, but I want to tell you who God is. Why do I feel good? Because in the presence of God, you get courage and you get peace. In the presence of the devil, you get fear and you get anxiety. That's why, you know, the presence of God by peace, like, you know, the presence of hell by, by, by sadness sorrow are you hearing me today and fear and so i'm going to do my very best uh to try to keep your attention i'm going to read 11 verses out of luke chapter 5 we are in a series called the impossible why would you do a series on the impossible because i want to i want to state a case to a county that loves god believes in the bible but somehow along the way forgot that god can still do the impossible i want to go on the record today to say that god is still moving in the earth We have people getting healed every week. People getting set free from addictions every week. People that have been running for God for decades coming back every week. He is moving here. We're not the only church, but we are one of the churches that God is moving in. How do you know? He's raising people up. We prayed about six months ago that God would raise up governors out of this church. High-level politicians out of this church. One of the front runners for, the, for, for California is Anthony Tremino, who goes to this church. He's going to be here next week. We prayed for God to raise up people that would make a difference in the world. People like Sean Foyt go to this church. God is raising up difference makers. Orange County affecting the earth. So you're like, this is all crazy, crazy preaching. It's crazy until God starts doing it. This guy was praying this stuff a couple years ago. Now it's starting to happen. That's called faith. You guys ready to go? So I want to talk to you about the impossible today. And I believe that whether you're agnostic, you're atheist, you're Buddhist, Muslim, Hindu, burnt out, you're a, you're a, you're a, uh, well, there's a, I had a funny, I had a funny joke, but it's gone. (laughs) Hey, gas prices are expensive, right? I got one for you. The only place that you can still get $3 gas is uh, Taco Bell. Only place in Orange County right now in America you still get $3 gas. Praise the Lord. All right, that's my joke for the day. Get your Bible, Luke chapter 5. Y'all ready? Luke 5, Luke 5, verse 1. It says, and so it was that the multitude, say it with me, multitude. We got a big crowd here, ladies and gentlemen. They came to hear the word of God because if people are really preaching God's word, the crowd will be interested. I don't like big churches. Then you wouldn't have followed Jesus. I don't like big crowds. Then you wouldn't have followed Jesus. Everywhere this rabbi taught, there was crowds. 15,000, 5,000, 2,000. One day, 3,000 get saved. When the truth is legit good news, God news, crowds follow. I believe quantity always follows quality. And if the quality of God is in an atmosphere, the quantity of people will always rise. Y'all with me today? So he stood by the lake again of Sarah and saw two boats. How many boats? They were beside the lake. The fishermen were out of the boats. They were washing their nets. What were they doing? Washing 
all important. Everything I teach on is connected to these 11 verses. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, Simon's, what's his name? As many of you know, later Jesus would rename this guy to Peter. But right now his name's Simon. So he just jumped into Simon's boat. He didn't even ask him. He just got into it. Some of you should try that out after church. Just jump in someone's car. <laughs> Don't do that. He just hopped into one of his boats. So it was Simon's boat. And he asked him, once he was in the boat, hey, can you, uh, can you put out a little bit from land? And he sat down and taught the huge crowd from the boat. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to I wanna eradicate any lie that thinks Jesus is some mild-mannered, soft-spoken, little metrosexual that likes to read all day, that's scared of crowds and scared of public spaces, that's introverted, sitting in a corner, uh, that's just kind of mild, meek-mannered. He could sit down and captivate a huge crowd. That's a dynamic communicator. He's sitting down, and people are forgetting they're hungry. I've been to some good services. I've never been to that good of a service. <laughs> he starts teaching the word sitting down. And it says that when he was sitting down, it says that he taught the multitudes that he stopped speaking. Uh, Luke does not document the contents of his sermon. What he does say is when he stopped talking, he looked at Simon and he said, launch into the deep. Launch out into the deep. Into the where? And let down your nets. Say it with me, nets. Make sure you get the S on there. Say it with me, nets. For a catch. Simon, Peter, Simon, Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled, toiled. Who's used that word lately? We have, we've toiled all night. Haven't caught anything. John caught a cold. That's about it. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. And their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat, hey, come and help us. And they came and they filled both of the boats. So they began to sink. If you look at the actual Greek, it's not little boats. These are big boats. And it says they began to sink. Simon Peter, who, by the way, is a professional vocational fisherman, he knows a good catch from a God catch. He falls at the knees of Jesus, and he says, Get away from me, for I'm a sinful man, Lord. No turn or burn message. No angry Christian at a sporting event making all the Christians look bad. All it was was the goodness of God in a good fishing trip fell to the knees he said get away from me lord for i'm a sinful man for he and everybody that was with simon were astonished at the catch of fish that they just took in also were james and john the sons of zebedee who were partners with simon and jesus said to simon do not be afraid don't be scared from now on you're going to catch say with me catch it's an interesting greek word it doesn't mean catch like a fish that's going to die it means to catch something that's going to begin to live you're going to start to catch men. So they, when they brought their boats, this is where it gets crazy, back to the land, they forsook all of the fish, all of the boats, all of their livelihoods, all of their vocations, and they followed him. Who they follow? Jesus. I want to talk to you today about the miraculous. I believe God's going to do some miracles today. 
I believe there is a launching out into the deep that God wants to do in your life. I believe there is a miraculous catch that he wants you to get ready for. And I believe that if, if we're going to learn anything today, we got to learn from this guy, Simon. So my, my title for the day, I used to be a youth pastor, so forgive me. Here's kind of a fun title. I want you to write this title down, Simon Says. You guys ready? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. I'm going to tell a couple stories. If you laugh, we'll call them jokes. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring us into five ideas. I believe that the miraculous in your life, my life personally, and collaboratively as a people, as a bride, as a church, as an army, as a flock, as a local expression of the body of Christ here at Ocean's Church, that we're going to see personal and corporate miracles like Simon saw. And I'm going to give you five, five things to kind of think about that I believe Simon would say. Y'all ready? Father, we love you. We invite you, Spirit of God. I pray whether we're first time in a church our whole life, if it's been seven years since we've been in a church, our God, we come every week. We've been in church seven days this week. I ask you to meet us where we are. I pray that you would remove anything that would hinder us from believing. I pray that you'd remove the spirit of doubt, the spirit of fear, any spirit that's not the Holy Spirit. Leave now in Jesus Christ's name. We pray that faith in God would rise, the spirit of God would hover and heal, and I pray by the end of this service, we would all leave, transform more into the glorious image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Have your way today, Lord, and we just pray you'd help the Lakers get out of this hole in Jesus' name. Come on, God's people, said amen. Amen. I grew up a uh, different era. I was born in 83. Anybody? Good year. Makes me 38. I uh, look 37 still, 38. Tough crowd. Uh, 38 years old. Didn't have all the technology when I was growing up that we have today. I don't remember tablets, iPads. We didn't have uh, Roblox. We didn't have Fortnite. We didn't have uh, Call of Duty. We didn't have, uh, we had coloring books. I remember being in elementary school. We had computer labs. Who remembers the computer lab? Class, we're going to the computer lab. I'm like, where's my scientist jacket? We're going to the lab. So we go to the lab, start learning how to type in the computer lab. Remember uh, growing up in school, we didn't have a lot of, we didn't have TVs in every room, computers at every desk. I remember the time in, in my, my upbringing that TVs and projectors started coming into the classroom. I was in high school. What did you do before that? We had games. And usually, like today, you know, in high school, we got TVs. You get a substitute teacher, and you're like, sweet, we're not learning anything today. They put a TV a movie on, right? I apologize for substitute. Oh, we love you. Um, he just defended some substitutes. Um, <laughs> I love you. I, uh, so that was just my story, my testimony. Let me tell my testimony. <laughs> so I remember we didn't learn a lot. And so, but before TVs in school, like we had these like elementary school games. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring some of you back. Who remembers games like Heads Up, 7 Up? Like we have nothing to do today. I'm going to keep 47 kids occupied. <laughs> Substitute teachers like, what are we going to do? We're going to play heads up, seven up. Heads down. Thumbs up. Lost some of you there. I'm going to Google that later. <laughs> play heads up, seven up. Play games like Red Rover. Yeah. Couple of you. Remember Red Rover? I remember uh, musical chairs. Yeah. Violent game. A lot of injuries, EMTs being called in, guys not honoring women very well, musical chairs, 
But uh, I would say I remember one of them, probably, the, probably crowd favorite, was pretty uh, easy to win the room, was Simon Says. Because yes. you can be a little bit ADD with musical chairs. Yes. You can cheat with, uh, you know, heads up, seven up. Yeah. I know some of you guys. <laughs> Scooted away from the desk a little bit, looking at the shoes. <laughs> Coming for you. But Simon Says was like, it was an integrous game. A lot of integrity with Simon Says. You couldn't fake Simon Says. Everybody saw when you missed the command. Simon Says, touch your nose. You're touching it. Okay, everyone's on board. We got accountability. Simon Says, take a step forward. Take a step back. Oh! Simon Says. Sorry, it's kind of how God speaks to me sometimes. But I was thinking... <laughs> This church? We're going to... um, I was praying this week. Bring it back. <laughs> and uh, the Lord told me, he's, he was talking about, you know, Simon's. I think if Simon was here today, I think uh, obviously he became Peter. He became someone that was fully convinced that if God could put thousands of fish into his nets, he could use his life to affect thousands of people. I actually think that God had to do something very big in the beginning of Peter's journey to sear his brain. That God wasn't going to do small things in his life. That God wasn't going to do small things in the church. That if God could do something that big in his boat, what could he do in a building or in a church? Peter, I need you to catch this, young man, that one day we're catching humans. But to steer your brain and what kind of fishing we're going to do, we're not going to catch one or two or three or four. We're going to catch a boat-sinking, net-breaking catch. So, hey, Peter... I'm going to traumatize you. We're going big. We're not catching a few fish. We're not throwing a few lines out. I need you to get your nets. Say it with me, nets. I think if Simon was here today, he would say that miracles are possible. I think Peter lived long enough to tell us a really powerful truth. I got five of them for you today. First thing I want Ocean's Church to adopt today is number one, if Simon was here, Simon would say this. He would say that you got to learn how to trust Jesus even in the low places. Stay with me, low places. I have found historically, biblically, and in my own experiential theology that God does some of his greatest work in moments that I am not ready or not expecting it. What do you mean? I mean that oftentimes it's where my frustrations in life collide with God's compassion. Where do miracles happen? I would call miracles the place where your frustrations are brought to God and the compassion of God intersects with your personal pain, suffering, or frustrations. How do you know? Because Jesus came to them, they're washing their nets. You know what people do when they're washing their nets? They are done for the shift. We're finished. We gave up. We caught nothing. We tried all night. We gave it everything that we got. We tried every single fishing technique that we've ever used. And with all of our greatest efforts, all of our greatest ideas, all of our greatest human ingenuity, without God, we caught nothing. Caught nothing. That's crazy. You serious? You didn't catch anything all night. We literally caught zero. We are washing our nets there was nothing accomplished. He was frustrated. He was frustrated because I'm telling you, the only thing worse than fishing is not catching any fish. He just defended the fishermen. I like fishing to a certain extent, as long as I'm catching something. My friend Jesse is feared by every fish in the sea. I went with my friend Jesse. We caught a 200-pound tuna. 
It was like the hardest thing I've ever done. I literally, I kept on trying to get the pole to somebody else. I'm like, please, make it stop. This thing is hard to reel in. I wanted a machine to do it. I was like, I want to see the fish come in the boat. I don't care about reeling this thing in. I'll tell you, the only thing worse than fish, I think the only thing more boring than not catching a fish is watching fishing on TV. I want to just make a public service announcement. If you are watching fishing on television, we need you to serve in the church. You got way too much time on your hands. Can I get an amen from the back? So he is fishing, right? Doesn't catch anything. His nets are cleaned out. He's retired for a shift. We, we're, we're packing it up. We're tired. And I don't know about you, but if I went all night on the Sea of Galilee, which FYI isn't just a sea. It's kind of like a little body of water. It's 13 miles long, 8 miles wide. An interesting fun fact about Galilee, the Sea of Galilee, is it's actually the lowest geographical freshwater fish in the world. Geographically, it's a low place. I would say, as far as vocation goes, they are in a low place. I would say the crowd is frustrated because they can't get close enough to Jesus. He's on a boat. They're in a low place. Everyone's kind of frustrated, irritated, angry, upset. But again, where frustrations collide with the mercy and compassion of God. Peter would say, hey, that's trust Jesus with the frustrations. Because he is the God that gets glory out of the low places. How do you know? Because 18 out of 33 of the major miracles of Jesus took place at the Sea of Galilee. God wanted to get glory from the low places. Sometimes it's the moments off the heels of what seemed to be the worst thing that happened to you, the, the, the greatest tragedy, trial, tribulation. We always say, God, do great miracles in my life. I want to live an incredible life. And God gives you hurdles to get over. And you're cursing God for the hurdles. And God says, no, there's no victory without some battles. No one watches movies that have no adversity in them. Why do you like the pursuit of happiness? It's not the first hour and 57 minutes. That's depressing. It's the last four and a half minutes. You're like, thank God. You leave, you're like, was it good? You're like, that's a good movie. No, it wasn't. The last four minutes were good. Because he got over. Are you hearing me today? And we want these crazy God stories, but we don't realize that sometimes with great stories comes great challenges. The Bible I read says that you are more. We are more than what? conquerors more than what you know what a conqueror is a conqueror is someone that was raised with alcoholic parents that got out of the alcoholism you know what a conqueror is it's someone that was raised in a broken home and became a whole individual you know what a conqueror is it's someone that was raised in a dysfunctional divorced family with all kinds of perversion all kinds of substance abuse and you say that's not going to be my kid's testimony that's a conqueror but the Bible I read says that we're not just conquerors, we're, yeah, 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 we're more. What does that mean? It, doesn't mean? it means that you don't just get out of the bad neighborhood. One day you go back and you buy the house that you were raised in, and you turn it into a home that helps people get out of what you raised in. That's more than a conqueror. Can I get an amen in the back? God is saying that, listen, you got to trust me with the low places. Because oftentimes it is the pain that we go through that prepares us for the blessing God's going to use us in. Peter needed to have a frustrating night so that when the, when the, when the nets began to break and the fish began to flood the boat, that no one else could get credit for this. There's no other fishing boats in the water. Why? Because all the fishermen know the worst time of the day to fish, 
on the surface with nets is when the water's the hottest and the fish are the deepest. I would go on the record to say that day in the Sea of Galilee, the only boat on the water was Simon's and James and John's boats. Bad English, come on, good preaching. Y'all with me? So what we know here is that there is two boats on the water, two boats on the sea. It is not the right time to be fishing. Some of you found our church because when everybody else was in the docks, we stayed out in the ocean. We're like, we're going to keep fishing. Look, if the strip bar is going to be open, tobacco shops open, alcohol drugstore going to be open, so is the church. Essential. Sorry, Newsom. Sorry, Fauci. We're still celebrating the holidays. Ooh, I feel like preaching up in here. Jesus is trustworthy in our low places. Can I get a good amen? You know what else Simon would say? Simon would say that Jesus turns our business into his platforms. I believe that one of the greatest miracles that happened, this is one of my favorite New Testament stories about God leveraging someone's livelihood for his kingdom. You know, I think God, God, God chose Peter. Some are like, well, he was just so courageous. He was just so impulsive. He was just brave. That's why God chose Peter. Well, in the ancient world, there wasn't a whole lot of roads. I think he picked Peter because he had a boat. He's like, I got to get around this place. I need someone with a boat. <laughs> Peter! You got a boat? Yeah. Can I use your boat? Yeah. I think that's why Peter got chose. Peter was selected because of his boat. His boat was sitting there. He was cleaning the nets. And it says this, that he got into the boat. And he literally turned his boat into a pulpit. I believe that God today in Orange County, we're not, I don't, we're, we don't live in a third world country. We help support them. We believe that we're called to be blessed here to win other places. Some people are like, I don't need God to bless me. I have all that I need. That's good for you if you're selfish. But God wants you to be so doggone blessed that we can help meet the needs of people that live in countries that can't make a living. Are you with me today? So what do you know? I know this is a crazy thought, but Jesus turns our livelihood or our businesses into his platforms. This is crazy. But if you study the scripture, it says that the invitation to launch out into the deep for a miraculous moment, a miraculous catch, was after... Peter let Jesus use his boat for his preaching. I believe if you let Jesus preach from your boat, he'll lead you into the deep. If you let Jesus preach from your life, your sphere of influence, why did God give you all those followers on social media? I would argue it's not to make your name great, it's to make his name great. Why did God give you all that resource? Why did God give you that great job, great family? Why do you have this dynamic upbringing? I would argue today that God wants your boat to become his pulpit. And if you'll use your life to declare the goodness of God and say, Jesus, whatever you want to say, you can say it from my boat. He'll say, oh, you want me to use your boat? All right, go out into the deep. And he makes an unusual request. But he goes out into the deep. It's crazy. He goes out there. He stewarded well his natural career. And God could trust Peter with a heavenly calling. Simon was a fisherman that was faithful with his fishing boat to God. Peter was someone that was faithful with the call of God. And you will never have the call as Peter until you steward the boat as Simon. Yeah. 
I think if Simon was here, he'd say, look, Jesus, look, trust him with your livelihood, with your business, with your platforms. He'll do miracles in your livelihood. And if God, let's, I love, God used ordinary situations to speak miraculous power to someone that didn't ever seen it before. <laughs> that was the worst English sentence I've ever shared. <laughs> Can we edit that out? Uh, what are you trying to say? I'm saying, this is what I'm trying to say. Let me get swing of this. All right, I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, <laughs> bad joke. Uh, I believe that, that his, his low point here was that he was willing to say, God, would you do the extraordinary with my normal job? Notice he didn't send angels. There was no prophetic declarations. There was no sidewalk prophet. There was no speaking animals. There was no miraculous pregnancies. He literally uses fish and nets to prove his supernatural power to fishermen. What do you feel like? I, this is what I felt the Lord was saying this week, is that God wants to prove you that he's God, even in your sphere of influence. I know a lot of guys that play in the league. I know a lot of guys that, that are acting in Hollywood. I know a lot of people that work in the industry. I know a lot of CEOs, a lot of entrepreneurs, and no one else is having this kind of favor. God does miracles that are undeniable. And Jesus wants to turn our livelihoods into his platform. Can I get a good amen? That's where miracles happen. If Simon was here, number three, he would say that details matter. Say with me, details. Details, 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 details. Notice that in verse uh, two and four, it says they are washing their nets. Say with me, nets. Notice that in verse five, Jesus says, hey, launch out into the deep and let down your nets. Say with me, nets. Watch this though. I think if Simon was here, he said, I reluctantly obeyed. Someone called that the sacrifice of praise. Because I did it, but I was a little bit annoyed about it. You kind of hear it in his tone. He's like, um, Master, uh, we toiled all night. We didn't catch anything. It was the worst night of fishing we've ever had. But even though you're a carpenter that builds cabinets and coffee tables, at your word, we'll give it another go. So this one I want to point out to you. This is interesting. So it says, at your word, we will let down the net. Say with me, net. I think if Simon was here today, he would tell you that he missed out on a big opportunity. Because he had enough faith to barely obey God, but not enough faith to bring everything that he had. He brought one net, and that one net was busting at the seams. Oftentimes, even in my own life, I have been guilty of going, God, maybe you can do it. I'll bring half of what I have. I believe there was fish that God wanted them to catch that day that they didn't capitalize on because they brought part of what they could have brought to God. They brought one net when God said, bring the nets. It says that the net was fully full. It would begin to bust. Why was it breaking? Because probably God brought enough fish for two nets. And I don't want to be a Christian that doesn't pay attention to the details of God's word. That's why we stand on every word. That's why we wage the good warfare on prophecies previously spoken. That's why we fight the good fight of, come on, faith. We have to wage war on God's details, his words. I'm telling you today, how many, how many fish did Jesus have for them that day? I wonder how many fish were waiting on them to obey God. How many fish are waiting for your obedience and your faith? There is things that God wants to bring into your boat that you got to get ready to take all your faith, all of your resources. God, I'll take every gift, every talent, every sphere, every influence. I'm putting it all in the water. 
And I believe that Simon would say most people miss out on miracles because they don't pay attention to the details of God's promises. He said, cast your nets. I brought one and I almost sunk my boat. Are you with me today? And I think that many people don't realize this. Why does God do miracles? They're signs. They're signs. You know what most signs do? You drive down Rodeo Drive. You go by all the fancy shops. You got all the Gucci's, right? The Steve Madden's. <laughs> little Orange County joke. Uh, you go by all the fancy designer shops. You know what the signs do? Is they let you know what's on the inside. And signs are supposed to be attractive in a way that if you see the sign, you want more, you want to go in. I think the reason why God does miracles, signs, and wonders is because he wants you to see what he's doing. If he can do this on the outside. What could God do if I go all the way in? If God could heal my tuberculosis, if he could heal my, 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 my dementia, if he could touch my heart, my brain, my mind, what could God do if I give him all of my faith? I believe Simon would say it is the goodness of God who reveals what we really are. It is the goodness of Jesus that reveals how much we need him. Some of you think that you're a good person that occasionally does bad. I believe theologically that is incorrect. You were actually born with a fallen nature. It says through one man's disobedient, the first Adam, all humanity was born under the curse. That's why you don't have to teach kids to be selfish. That's why every kid's first word is mine, mine, mine. That wasn't my kid's first word. You know what I'm talking about, mine. Who hears it right now? Mine. Some of you have kids 30 years. You still hear it right now. Mine, 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 mine. Kids are selfish until they're taught to be whatever that is. So they're this. It is the goodness of God. Some of you think you're so good. You know why? Because you've never had an encounter with the holy God. Job thought he was legit until he got in the presence of a holy God. Isaiah thought he was living pretty right until he got in the presence of a holy God. And, and Peter, Simon, who was a fisherman, thought he was living pretty well until he got in the presence of a miraculous catch by a good God. And it was, listen, there was no turn or burn message. There was no, if you don't stop going to the strip bar, if you don't stop smoking that, looking at this, doing this, if you don't change, I'm going to get you with wrath. There was no message like that. All that Luke records, that, there, that the Dr. Luke, is he just says there was a ridiculous day of fishing. There was the craziest fishing trip that these fishermen have ever seen. And God was so ridiculously, outrageously generous and kind and merciful and powerful and sovereign. He fell at the feet of Jesus. And he said, I had no idea how bad I was until I saw how good you are. That is what the presence of Jesus does. It reminds us of how much we need a savior. I had no idea that on my best day, I'm still light years away from his holiness. And I would argue it wasn't the righteousness of Simon that filled the nets. It was the obedience to his word. And I believe that we'll obey his word and receive the goodness of our Savior. He'll fill our boats too. I'm sorry I feel like preaching today. It's the goodness of God that reveals who we are. And finally, can I give you one more point today? Is that all right? I got nine minutes left. One last point is I believe that we're going to be a church. And if Simon was here, he'd say, hey, church, oceans, body of Christ, do yourself a favor, especially Orange County. God knows. Everyone's obsessed with the supernatural. 
everyone's obsessed with the gifts of the Spirit. I'm all about the gifts of the Spirit. I'm all about the five-fold ministry. But listen to me. This is what Simon would say. Simon would say, if you have to choose between miracles and the man, choose the man. Yeah, I'll say it for the back. Simon would say, I saw his miracle power. I saw him fill nets. I saw him fill big boats until they began to sink. But I'll tell you what, my greatest day of fishing, my lottery winning day of fishing was nothing compared to the man. And it says in verse 11 that they left their miraculous catch. You know why I believe that Simon, James, and John were some of Jesus' best friends? Because they didn't choose Jesus at the bottom. Come on, Orange County. They said, I'm going to follow you when, when life has given me the greatest gifts that you could ever have. I got the house, I got the wife, the husband, the cars, the career. God gave me everything that I've ever wanted and I'm still willing to say, God, that is nothing compared to the man. I would never choose the blessing of God over the blesser. What good is a promised land without the promiser in it? Moses said, if you don't go with us, we ain't going. Come on, if you're going to clap, give a good hand clap today. We're going to choose the man. You say there's not going to be miracles. I'm saying there's going to be miracles. But if there is miracles, we still point back to Jesus. We're not building a church. This church is growing so fast. It's because of miracles. No, it's because of the man. We don't build a church on miracles. We build a church on the miracle worker. And when the church declares there is a God in heaven that still heals, still delivers, still saves. Are you hearing me today? We build and we follow the man, Jesus Christ, not just the miracles. People driving up north, driving out of state, trying to go to a meeting that has some feathers and some gold dust and gold fillings. The Bible I read says we don't chase signs and wonders. It says signs and wonders follow us. Yeah, yeah. Peter would say, I saw a miraculous catch. And you know what the Bible does document? Nowhere in his life does he ever look back and say, I wish I wouldn't have left them nets. No one has ever regretted leaving full nets of fish. Because it was never about the fish, it was about faith in God. God used the fish to inspire faith. That's what God does. Why did God do that miracle? To inspire your faith. Why did God heal your heart today? To inspire your faith. Why is God doing miracles in your family? To elevate your faith. Why? Because the Father's greatest desire is relationship with His kids. I want you to believe in my goodness. I want you to believe in my kindness. I want you to believe that every good, every perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of heavenly lights. Come on, stand to your feet, give Him a good hand clap if you believe He's a good God. Preaching myself happy today. I believe the crowd got the message, but it was God's crew that got the man. And I'm, I'm all about the message, man, but I want the man. You know who got the miracle? The crew. You know who got the man? The crew. You know what the crowd got? They got the message. And I want to go beyond just being a part of the crowd that just hears church on Sunday and doesn't experience God the rest of the week. Jesus didn't go to the cross to get partial custody of his kids. He wants full custody. He doesn't want to just see you on the weekends. Can I get an amen? He wants you seven days a week. 
want you in the boardroom, the classroom, the locker room, the bedroom. Are you hearing me today? He wants full custody of his kids. Feel something today. We're going to be a church that sees the impossible. Personally, collectively, corporately. And we're going to be a church that goes, God, you can use us. I'm excited what God's doing. I believe that we never regret the fish we leave behind for Christ. You will never regret the things that God tells you to leave behind to follow Him. I feel like some of you today, you're like, man, there's some stuff I need to leave behind to follow Jesus. Some, listen, I'm not condemning anybody, but some of you know, you're like, there's stuff in my life right now that is driving the presence of God out. And I would call that fish in the net. It's time to leave those fish behind. You will never look back at the end of your life and go, man, I wish I would have held onto that fish. Peter never regretted it. Peter saw more people get saved in the history of the early church than maybe anybody else. One day he preached, 3,000 fish jumped into the boat, jumped into the church. Y'all with me today? Faith is not believing in spite of evidence. It's obeying in spite of consequence. We're going to be a church that believes God. We're going to obey God. We're going to launch out into the deep. We're going to let down our nets. There's going to be people from Hollywood. There's going to be people from Orange County, from San Diego. There's people in politics. I believe that God is catching people that have never been caught before. I believe that we're going to have not only governors and lawyers and doctors and attorneys and CEOs and entrepreneurs. I believe Academy Award winners are going to come out of this church. I believe screenplay writers are coming out of this church. I believe people that become salt and light, MVPs of sports franchises out of this church. Yeah, I believe some of the greatest minds to shape the future of America are coming out of God's house. We're throwing down our nets. We're launching out into the deep. Come on, if you're ready to go, say, I'm ready. Come on, eyes closed, heads bowed. Pray this honest prayer today. Say, God, what are you saying to me through this message? Come on, try it out. Say, God, what are you saying to me through this message? Come on, God could use a fired up preacher in his wife's jeans. Come on, to do something great today in your life. God, what are you saying to me through this message? Eyes closed, heads bowed. How many today say, Mark, I'm in a low place? I'm in a low place right now. Geographically, economically, vocationally, spiritually, I am in a low place. I'm frustrated. I'm not as close to God as I want to be. But today I want to invite God into my boat. I want to invite him into my life. And I'm tired of staying on the sea, on the shores, washing my nets. I want to get back in the game. And I want Jesus to be in my boat. If you're in a low place and you want to invite God back into your life, I want you to lift your hands. I'm going to go all the way back in. I want God to have my heart. I want God to have my mind. If you're ready to rededicate your heart to Jesus, hands up high, hands up high. I'll give you three seconds. Many hands going up. Many hands. Don't wait for somebody else. Many hands going up. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. I'm going to count. I'm going to count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Come on. Twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. I see nineteen hands. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yeah. Come put your hand on your heart today. Oceans, pray this prayer. Come on, together. The Bible says we believe in our hearts and we confess with our mouths. And this is where the beginning of our relationship with our Father starts. Come on, Oceans, pray this prayer with all those, all those kids coming back to the Father today. Come on, say, Jesus, I declare today, you are God. And I invite you 
into my boat, into my life. Get me where you want me. Fill me, heal me, deliver me, and direct me. My boat is yours, my nets are yours, my heart is yours, and my future belongs to Jesus. Jesus' name. Come on, would you give God a five-second hand? Oh, that's a lot of people today giving their lives, turning to God, turning to God, turning to God. Last two things we do, and I'll get you out of here. I feel His presence, man. He's here. He's healing. He's going to move. Someone's going to get healed today. you got like preliminary stages of leukemia. God's healing you today. I see God healing blood, healing skin. I see cancer drying up at the roots. I see, I see people that have nerve damage having the, the feeling come back to parts of your body that have been injured. I believe that God can heal a broken back, a broken leg, a broken heart, or a broken mind. We serve the great physician. If you're here today, you say, Mark, I need a healing in my body. I need a healing. Would you pray for me that God would do the impossible? Maybe it's not physically. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's with your dad. Maybe it's with your, with your kids. There is a miracle of res restoration. Some of you have been separated from your kids for, for months, years, and God is going to restore this week. You watch. No eye is seen. No ear is heard. Nor is it entered into any mind in this tent. The great things that God has in store for His people. Come on, if you need God to invite, invite God into your boat, do something miraculous. Who wants to launch out into the deep? God, if you can heal me, if you can fill my nets, if you can heal my body, come on, lift your hands all over. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. God, I need a miracle. God, I need a miracle. Yeah, we're going to sing this song. We're going to sing this song. If you need a miracle, lift your hands. Well, keep it up. Keep it up. Get up. If someone's hands up next to you, I want you to lay your hands on their shoulder. Come on, I want you as brothers and as sisters. We're going to declare in Jesus' name, God is healing. Just pray this prayer. Say, Lord, we believe. Come on, declare, we believe that you are healing inside, outside, physically, relationally, spiritually. We say miracles are coming. We, we prophesy net breaking, boats sinking, answered prayers, blessings from God. This week, we call them in. Come on, we call them in. We call them in. We release healing in Jesus name come on if you believe it right now I want you to sing one time like we have the victory and the victory is our faith let's go let's go something's breaking something's changing something's shifting as we praise you something's breaking something's changing something's shifting as we praise you something's breaking something's changing something's shifting as we praise you something's breaking
things are changing all around you. One more time, all that you got today. of God. I pray for full altars. I pray crime rates to drop, divorce rates to drop, God addictions to drop. I pray that we get so full of God that this state would be transformed. Come on, I pray, Lord, from Hollywood. I pray the NBA, the MLB, Major League Basketball, football, soccer. I pray, Lord, all across the landscape, the business world. Yeah, we call in the mountaintops. Yeah. I pray that you begin to elevate the righteous. I pray for righteous leaders in politics, righteous leaders in athletics, righteous leaders to arise in, in, in God media industries. God, raise up your kids for the sake of the world. Put our hands on our hearts today. How many would say, God, I'll lend you my boat? Anybody here go, Mark? I'll let God use my boat. Maybe you're like, my boat's not very big. It's not as big as his or hers, but God can use my boat. I'm, I'm just a, you know, I'm just, that's all I do. We just have these statements. I'm just a pastor. I'm, I'm just a teacher. I'm just, I'm just a stay-at-home parent. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just looking. God use all the time the just. It says every, every jar the woman brought was filled with the anointing. All she had to do was bring every container she had. 
And right now, I just feel like the Lord says, if you'll bring me your boat, I'll fill it. You bring me your little jar or your big jar, I'll fill it. Come on, we pray a prayer as a family today, as a church. I don't care if it's your first time, you come every week. You say, Mark, today, publicly, I'm going to raise my hands high as a sign that God can use my life, my boat, for His purposes. Come on, as a church, can we just lift our hands real high today? We'll be the salt of the world, the light of the world. I think the church is the hope of the world. And I pray right now, Lord, from the back to the front, to the side, to the side, even those watching online today. By the way, if you want to give your life to the Lord online, just write heart right now, H-E-A-R-T. Some of our leaders right now will pray for you online. But all over these tents today with hands how high, full tents, hands all over the place. We pray a prayer as a family. We pray a prayer as, 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 a, as a sign and, a, and, a, and even a, a, a verbal document with God. And we say a prayer like this. We say, today, Lord, I ask you, fill my life, fill my boat for your glory. I give you the low place. I give you the frustrations. I obey you to the details of your word. I pray miraculous catches deep miracles and partners family members everyone attached to me to be benefited by my obedience to your voice we declare well, let's get rowdy today we prophesy a new chapter a new season a fresh awakening in our lives we got fire courage boldness our God can our God will deliver us in Jesus name come on if you believe it Oceans Church give one more hand clap and shout a praise thanks for listening to our podcast have a great week